he asked me to take a walk with him. He didn't say anything for the longest time. And then he turned to me and he said, Woodman, we need each other. Words and music. And he crossed his fingers, showing how they go together. Remember, words and music. All right, welcome to the Words and Music podcast. We are on episode number seven, lucky number seven. And I feel super lucky to have the guest that I have this time around. Miss Emma Zink is in studio. Hello. What's going on? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to see you. I'm so glad to see you. Listen, anytime I get to share space with Emma Zink, I feel super lucky. Hey, I don't know about that. I, <laughs> it's true. It's I, true. I think it's feelings mutual. Oh, that's cool. All right. Well, we are going to have a love fest here, folks. That's, we are. That's what's going down right now. Because as I was preparing for this podcast, I started to think back over the years that I have known you. And I started to think about the very first, not the first time I met you, but the very first time I got a solid impression of who you were as a person. Right. Can well, I tell this story real quick? I was, I'm sure I was like, what, 15? You were, 16. I think 15 or 16, right? <laughs> so the first time that I saw you perform was the national anthem out at one of our local concert venues. Right. It was summertime. It was hot. You got up, you sang your ass off and you left. And that Thank was it. You. That was pretty much my, my first impression of you, which was, whew, she just blew me away. Thank you. And, uh, but the first time I really got a solid idea of who you were as a person happened later that summer. And I don't even know. You probably, once I start telling you the story, you'll be like, oh, I remember that. You had won a singing competition across town. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they called it Country Idol. Country Idol, yeah. Right. And you had won it. And they promised you that you would be able to open for, for uh, Dirks Bentley mm-hmm. out back at that same concert venue. You remember yep. what happened? Yes, I remember exactly, remember exactly what happened. Yeah. What I, how crazy. I remember it, it was crazy. How I remember it is I was um, notified by Twitter that I had, you know, somebody was was tweeting at, at the station, the radio station that I was working at. Right. And I go in and I, I look at Twitter and I read this tweet and I'm like, huh, what the hell's happening here? You were pissed. Yeah, I was. To say the least. I, w- I wouldn't say I was pissed. I would say I was um, 17 and yeah. I was, you know, I won this competition thinking right. that I'm going to open up for Dirks Bentley. Like I was yeah. being told by all the, you know, people that I worked there or whatever. And, yeah. Um, it wasn't you know, true. Bottom line, it wasn't true. Yeah. They hadn't done the necessary things that they needed to do to get that approved. Right. I think somebody, they screwed up with putting the names on the bill. And then Mm -hmm. um, I think there was, I think it was Casey James, Claire Dunn. Right. And then it was supposed to be me. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be like the the first opener or whatever. Right. they were like, oh, there's too many people now. Yeah. So so it was just like a screw up. Right. Or whatever. Well, Here's the thing. Um, it doesn't work like that. You know, right. and I knew no, back then, I, you know, now, right. Knowing, looking back on it now, you realize that they just flat out lied to you. <laughs> I, I, maybe they did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but the guy that was um, in charge was super sweet. And yeah. he, he made all these phone calls and I knew nothing about, you know, how the business worked at the time. Right. And Cause you're just, I was kid. just, I was literally senior in high school, 17. I was like, Thinking I was cool, about to open up for Dirk Bentley. All my high school friends were going to come, and yeah. I was just—I was more like I was just crushed. Right, but, totally understandable. Yeah. By the time I get the news, of course, it's through this tweet, and I'm first of all, I'm thinking, I'm like, what the heck happened here? Because I had no idea; it was completely off my radar. And so I got a hold of the guy at the venue, and I was like, "Yo, 
this girl is obviously upset. She's tagging pretty much everybody in town in her yeah. tweets. And uh, what are you guys going to do about this? I'm like, right. first of all, she's tweeting our station. We didn't have anything to do with it. So I want something done. Like immediately I'm like, something's got to happen for this girl because if you guys promised her this, then you all need to make it happen. And uh, I remember him being like, well, the station never got it approved. And so Dirk's people are saying that they don't have enough room and there's not enough time. Yada, 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 yada. Right. And I I basically tweeted about it. It, it wasn't meant to be angry. And then yeah. I was just like, oh, you know, I was, you know, supposed to open up. And I was like, kind of started this hashtag called Let Emma Zink Open for Dirk's. And it yeah. went like viral locally. Uh-huh. Like every <laughs> high school, like... Yeah. Tweeted about it. Everybody like kept retweeting it and like tagging like Dirk Bentley and stuff. Yeah. And then um, I remember the next day, Dirk Bentley's tour manager called me. Nice. And was like, he texted me. He's like, hey, this is who I am. He was like, you know, we got you on the show. He's like, you obviously have a lot of people that want to come out and see oh, you. Yeah. Dirk oh, yeah. Dirk Bentley was like, just let her play. Like, he, you know, so. And, and just knowing what I know about Dirk Bentley, um, he would have let you, you know, at any time had they asked him, he would have been like, yeah, sure, let's yeah. do that. Because he was really, he was mad cool at that, that show. I remember his he meet was. and greet. He got up on a chair backstage and started just playing a bunch of songs for the yeah. people that were in their meet and greet. And it, it was really cool. And But I remember thinking to myself, okay, I know this girl, I have one impression of her. I know this girl from singing the national anthem. It's the same girl. She obviously won this contest, and she is not going to let them not let her play. And I remember thinking... She is wise beyond her years. I was a little fearless. I was a, I was so a little fearless. I was a, I was a little shit. It was what I was. <laughs> I was like, but you know what? You <laughs> got the job done, and you came out there and you blew that crowd away. And Thank you. I, I still remember you had this gorgeous purple pantsuit yes, on. I remember. Oh yeah, that's so funny. I remember that because I have watched those videos numerous times. Right. Since I mean, this was 2014, so we're talking five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember you just coming out there, and this is the first time I had seen you sing something other than the national anthem, obviously. Right. Sing in front of a full band. Mm-hmm. And uh, fast forward to the following summer, my station's doing a uh, singing competition. Right. And it was a national. It was a country showdown, which little did we know at the time was starting to fall apart on the national level. We had no idea. Oh, it was? Oh, yeah. So oh, it had been sold. They had lost all their sponsors. Oh. It was it was kind of a train wreck. So did it even end up going to? I don't know. The, the whole national level? Yeah, I'm not sure. But I do remember, I do remember the night of auditions. I think it was our third, second or third night of auditions. You walked in and... In my head, I couldn't say this out loud, but in my head, I said to myself, <laughs> game over. <laughs> Emma Zink just walked in. No, I knew then. I knew at that moment. I Thank said, Emma you. Zink walked in, game over. I felt bad for the other competitors. <laughs> Thank <laughs> really you. That's, that's too nice. It's, it's, it's an accurate statement. And I, and I know I feel like I'm, I'm totally fangirling right now because I love you well, to I death. Love, you I know love that. you too to death. <laughs> but the thing about it is your level of talent at such a young age, was so far above and beyond anything in this town and anything that we had seen up to that point. Thank you. And you haven't stopped. You haven't slowed down. And that's what's great about it is because you have that tenacious, fearless attitude. And that's probably the word I use to describe you most is fearless. Thank you. Yeah, you always you always tag me and stuff. And you're like, fearless. fearless. She's fearless. fearless. And, and the reason I say that is because every time I see you, the set list is different. 
you're not afraid of any artist. If you're, if you're going to cover somebody, there's, and we talked about this a little bit uh, on the morning show the, the other day that you said right. the only person you're not comfortable covering is Reba. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is true. Right? I just, I've never like, I, I was never, never really grew up listening to her. I kind of right. wish I did. Um, She's got a really somebody, distinct sound. She does. She's got a very distinct voice mm-hmm. and um, everybody you know, always is like play, play fancy, play fancy yeah. by Reba. I'm like, that's just the one song I haven't. It's I haven't touched like, yet. I need to though. Well, um, and you should because I try and conquer, you'll kill right? it. You'll absolutely kill it. Thank you. That's like there's that's your Mount Everest right there. The day that you the, the day that you nail fancy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thank so you. let's take this back and find. I want to know when did your musical journey begin? I guess. Like, if you're taking it way back. Yeah, like, when did you realize that you wanted to do this whole music thing? Like, were you the kid that sang at all the family parties? and? Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, which is weird, because I grew when I was growing up, I was always, like, super shy and, like, I've always been kind of shy, kind of awkward, you know, that kind of thing. But, you're an outgoing introvert. Yeah. You've got that thing going for I you. Mean, A lot of performers do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I kind of, like, I'm outgoing, but I also, like, need time to myself, that kind of oh, thing. Yeah. But I guess when I was like 12, 11 or 12, and my dad was actually taking guitar lessons. And I was like, that seems pretty cool. Like, I just wanted, I was always such a tomboy. I was like, guitar seems cool. Yeah. You know what Let I mean? Let me try this. Yeah. yeah. So, and I was a huge fan of like um, Avril Lavigne. And mm-hmm. I just remember like watching videos of her, like just singing with her and a guitar. And I was like, I want to do that. Oh, yeah. So I, I originally just started playing guitar. And I went to um, a Christian school, and I started playing in the worship band. Okay. There. Yeah. So, and I just was like, started singing worship songs, and then was playing guitar, and then was learning like, just like pop songs. I remember like the first song I learned was like, Hot and Cold, Katy Perry or something. Oh my God, I remember that song. Yeah. Yeah. Like Like seventh grade or whatever, and I just, yeah, I don't know, I just fell in love with it, and then I started writing songs, and... Well, let me stop you right there just yeah. real quick, because at that age, you're singing in the church choir or whatever. You're singing worship songs at church. Did anybody stop and say, holy cow, you've got quite a voice, young lady? Did they I, notice back then? I Yes. Yeah. I Yeah, I think so. I just was so young and I just loved it because I, I think there was like a talent show or whatever in seventh grade that I ended up yeah. winning or whatever. And I mean, duh. so did it so it just came naturally to you the singing have you ever been vocally trained I had a couple voice lessons in high school and she was trying to teach me all this opera stuff oh yeah which you know it's cool if that's what you're into well she was like oh you know if you want to learn how to sing properly right she was like this is a good type of music to like strengthen your head voice and stuff and all that stuff and actually I would say my my chorus teacher um in Mountain View was like the person that helped me the most yeah. vocally. Okay. Because, I mean, we sang choir-type music, and we had to sing kind of like all like, oh, kind of Right, stuff. you had to really belt it out. Right. Yeah. So she helped me learn how to, I guess, control my voice and strengthen, because my head voice was always super weak. Okay. And so she kind of helped me strengthen that whole thing, and I just figured it out. I don't know. I just, I've always loved it. I've yeah. always just been very musical. Musical. Well, and they say that the the voice is a muscle, just like anything else. So mm-hmm. the more you use it, the stronger it gets. Right. And the more you train it, the better it sounds. It's easier to control. Right. And, 
Yeah. And it's all about breath control and it's all about that kind of, you have a big voice. Thank you. Big voice. And I mean that in the best possible way because you're just one of those people you command a room. Thank you. And, um, and that's why I always say you're fearless because you, you not only have a great voice, you know your voice. And so you know what it's capable of and you know what kind of songs sound the best right. coming from you. Now I've I would, heard, I'd say that's the biggest thing with any vocalist is like knowing your voice. Yeah. Like knowing that. Like I know, and that's the thing that helps with like playing guitar because I can be like, oh, if I'm on playing on Broadway or whatever and I need to whip out a song request that I don't really know, I yeah. kind of like, okay, what key am I going to play this in? Here's my highest note. What's the highest note of the song? So I kind of, I feel like that's the most important thing is like knowing what your voice can do and like yeah. learning your voice, that kind of thing. Yeah, so. so your range is Pretty off the charts. I mean, you you can get up there, but you can also get down there. Thank you. And that, I know Mariah Carey, but well, but or like Whitney Houston or something. <laughs> don't sell yourself yeah. short, because I bet you could kill some Whitney Houston. But what I love about you is that you're also you're not afraid. A lot of female singers, and and I see this on the local level, and I see this on the national level too. A lot of female singers are afraid to tackle songs that have traditionally been done by guys. Right. Right. But when you get to say like a Miranda Lambert, who just covered uh, Fool Around and Fell in Love, mm-hmm. which is a fantastic song. Oh, yeah. And she did it with the entire group that she was out on tour with. Right. And, you know, that's a great tune. But so many female singers would never have thought to have touched that. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Nah, it's a dude song. Right. Guess what? It can be any anybody. Exactly. I've seen you sing the Doobie Brothers. I have seen you sing Luke Bryan. I have seen you sing Lee Bryce songs. I have seen you sing Chris Stapleton songs, you know, songs that would terrify other female vocalists. And right. that's why I say she's fearless because nothing you don't ever. Do you ever take a look at a song and just are like, not interested? Um, yeah. Yeah. Some, sometimes I remember when I was younger, my mom would be like, learn this song, learn this song. And I'd be like, eh. aren't parents fun like that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did that to my son, too, when he was learning how to yeah. play guitar. You know, I was like, I want you to play Layla. I want you to, you know. Yeah. But. Your parents had a really big influence, though, on your taste in music, did they, they did. not? And your early set lists mm-hmm. definitely show that off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She was, my mom actually, and my dad were the ones that were like, learn the Doobie Brothers, yeah. learn Leonard Skinner, yeah. like all yeah. that stuff, which I, comes in handy now because, I mean, a lot of the the crowd I play for is a lot of the older crowd. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's cool. It gives me a chance to like go all over the spectrum and- yeah. And learn songs from each era. And So I've seen you open your set with the Doobie Brothers Listen to the Music, which mm-hmm. I think is the perfect song to open any set when you're a live musician in a restaurant somewhere or some kind of a venue where everybody's just sort of there right. having dinner, chatting, doing whatever. You immediately stand there and say, hey, listen to the music. Right. You know what I mean? Right, and right. everybody kind of goes, hey, this girl can sing. And they start to listen to you and you really do command a room. And then I've seen you finish your set with Etta James at last, mm-hmm. which I absolutely, I mean, who doesn't love that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it, just a classic. Oh, it's yeah. It's such a beautiful song. It really, really is. Yeah. Yeah. But your set list changes all the time. Would mm-hmm. you consider yourself a country artist? I would say, yeah. 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 That's I, where your heart I, is? I would say so, mm-hmm. um, which I never thought I actually... What was never really a fan of country till long till I was like sixteen. Yeah. Till I actually did Country Idol, and I was like, "Oh, there's some really great songs here." There's some here. really great songs yeah. out there. <laughs> and my dad, my parents have always loved country, like um, Waylon Jennings and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say, I mean, I, I'm in Nashville, and I just I'm around that, and I would say country. I just love the community of it. Yeah. And even though I'm not like super 
twanging country. I would say country is in a era right now to where you can kind of defy all the odds and make it whatever you want. And I think that's a beautiful thing about it is like you can define country your own version however of however you want. Right. Yeah. I mean absolutely. you have like I mean look at like Casey Musgraves, like oh, her, yeah. her new album, like how cool is that? It's a great album. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's got so, her sound all her own. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. And I and a lot of people will come down and say, Well she's not country. Right. Or in the new country, oh that's not country. The Country's an evolution, I think. Right. And I feel like any, anything. Oh, yeah. You know? you know, and I mean, the Willies and the Whalens of the world didn't think Garth was country right. either. They didn't think Alan Jackson was country enough. There was never, it was never country enough, you know, when they came out with their brightly colored shirts and their, you know, in the 90s, wasn't country. Right. To the old boys. Mm-hmm. And now those guys are saying that. Oh, it's like, country. Listen. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's all a little bit of country. Right. It's all a little bit of rock and roll. It's all a little bit of everything, right. which is what's cool about music. It is cool. And I feel like for me, because I grew up playing so many different genres, I kind of have a little bit of taste to everything, I yeah. guess, with, with my style. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it it's up for interpretation at that point. So yeah. I think it's really cool. It is cool. And now you're starting to really branch out and work on your original music. Mm-hmm which I, I, I loved watching the evolution of that, too. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because when we first started playing your originals on our show, Thunder on the Rise, you had a couple of them that you had written uh, when you were in high school and you were younger and mm-hmm. you wrote them with some friends and everything. And they're great songs. But mm-hmm. now the stuff that you're putting out now, you can tell the maturity level. Thank you. You, know, you can definitely see that you are blossoming as a songwriter, Thank which you. is really cool. Yeah, it's definitely... Um, I mean, since moving to Nashville, oh yeah, you just you're around that, and you're around people that are better than you, and it's like surround yourself with all these songwriters. I mean, I've been in the room with some songwriters that I'm like, holy crap, like, yeah, they've written like number one hits. Like one of the songs I wrote, um, I don't think it, it's, I don't think we actually recorded it yet, but um, I wrote with a guy named Anthony Smith. Okay. Um, he's a writer there in town and he wrote like Tomorrow by Chris Young. Oh, wow. It's a great song. Yeah. yeah. And he's like had a bunch of cuts and like definitely going into the room with him. I was like, was it intimidating? I, it a was. Bit? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would say that was the hardest thing to, I guess, adjust to going there as it's intimidating as a young artist trying to go in and, and write a song with somebody who like, knows what they're doing they're and is super established yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so um but it's just cool like the amount of people that I've had the opportunity to be in be in the room with and write and write songs with I've written with um you know Trent Tomlinson there's just there's so many of them that I that I'm like wow I'm, I'm surprised yeah. I wrote with this person you know the so. list is long and distinguished so. and that's cool that's very cool so how does that actually so okay wait I'm gonna jump around a lot please just that's who I am as a person <laughs> So I'm going to jump around a lot. You you mentioned that you started playing guitar in high school. Um, how many instruments are you up to now? How many can you play proficiently? Um, guitar is definitely my main yeah. instrument. I grew up playing piano. Piano was my first instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I can play piano and then I can play like, I do like a couple songs on harmonica. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I would say guitar is my main. And you started out with acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. and now you've moved into the world of electric guitar, yes. which you're amazing at. You're picking Thank up you. really well. And I know that you're you're hooking up with uh, Josh Gramling on some guitar lessons, mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I've, I've taken a few from him. He actually helped me out a lot. Yeah. 
And of course, Josh Gramling was just on uh, an episode of our podcast and he mentioned you. Oh, I mean, okay. it's all very I love the fact that the the Fredericksburg area community of musicians. Yeah. Even if you it's make really the cool. jump to Nashville, you're going to keep that circle right tight because they have your back. You have their back. When's the first time you went to Nashville? What was that visit like? I actually went with Jerry Wade. Jerry Wade. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I had a boyfriend at the time and I really wanted to go. And uh, my parents were going through some hard stuff and they were like, you know, you can't really afford to, yeah. to go out. But if you want to go with, with your boyfriend, I'm not going to mention his name. Cause, yeah. But Cause that was <laughs> I don't want to throw him under the bus. Yeah, we don't want to do that. Um, but he wouldn't go and his parents didn't want him to go. And then... I was like, well, I'm going. Yeah. Like, I want to go. Yeah. This is where I want to end up. Right. So. This is part of the game and plan, man. me and Jerry Wade, I mean, he's been a pal of mine for how long I would yeah. he'd sneak me into bars yeah, and oh, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> so, I was like, I guess I was 18, 19. Mm-hmm. And um, he was like, let's just go. And I was like, really? Yeah. And I mean, my parents were like, I mean, it's initially sounds weird because he was like, 30, he's 30 much, whatever. much older than much, you. Much, much older. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's almost like, he'll shoot me if I say this, like a dad, but not really. Like big like, brother status. Like big brother, yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. I kept calling him Uncle Uncle Jerry Uncle in Nashville. Jerry. Oh, that's hilarious. But he was, I mean, he was just like, let's go. Yeah. Like we just like got an Airbnb and went for like four days. And You really can't get a much better tour guide yeah. in Nashville well, he, he used to He used to live there. Yeah, he's so. been there, he's done that, and he's come back to tell the tales. Yeah. yeah. And so he's still really well connected in Nashville and knows where to take you, what to show you, right? how to how to really sort of like give you the Nashville experience. Right. Yeah. So it just, it was cool. I mean. How could it not be? It was so much fun. <laughs> so I'm, and that's kind of when I knew I was like, yeah, I just need to I need to figure it out. Yeah. This is going to happen. And yeah, I'm I think make it happen. Yeah. The first time I visited was June. Mm-hmm. I think it was a year after I graduated. And then I think I like started really going down there in October and yeah. got an apartment. So Yeah. You took the jump. I remember when you took the jump. It mm-hmm. was one of those things where you were kind of in that place where, okay, high school's done. What do I do next? Am I right. going to college? Am I going to do this? Am I going to, you know, and you just went, you know what? Pack yeah. the car. I'm going to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I think I had like 400 bucks. <laughs> So what was that like first was, week in Nashville like for you? What did you do? Like how you got down there, what'd you do? So I had I had a roommate. Um, she was actually much older than me. And I had met a couple people down there because Scott always goes down there, Scott McMillan. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had taken a trip with him like that past, like right after Jerry, I think like a month or two later. Yeah. And he introduced me to some people on Music Row um that it was a publishing company called Mucho Love. Yep. So yeah. Yeah, Blue Foley and all those guys. Yeah. 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 So it was like Mark McGuinn and legit the birthplace of Ashley McBride. What? Mucho what Love. It? Yeah. Down in that I mean that whole that, little that circle area. of friends. That right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um but yeah, I just started hanging around them and you know, Trent was one of the writers over there and Mark McGuinn and um I was just hanging around them and kinda if it wasn't for meeting those people, I, I probably wouldn't be yeah. doing what I'm doing now. So I was kind of in with those guys. Right. And I met a lot of writers through them and got into like songwriting and all that stuff and kind of made it work. And I was, 
excuse me, the first couple months I was there, I was kind of there for two weeks, mm-hmm. would come back, right. play shows here, save up money, and then go back. Yeah. And I was like, I should probably like pick up a job or something. Let's so figure I start, it out. I yeah. started waitressing, and okay, that was not good. No, no, this is just not your style. No, it's just not. No, no, <laughs> I just wasn't good at it. You know, I would be terrible I at was, it. I could never do it either. It was bad. I remember my first job was Red Robin down there. Okay, and you know, yeah, was not good. No, and I went through a couple waitressing jobs because um, a lot of people were like, you know, stay off. Broadway, because you don't want to get stuck down there. It's just a bunch of cover music, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I'm kind of struggling, you know, trying to waitress and stuff. Like, financially, I was never, like, stable. Right. And so funny thing, I I think it was my third waitressing job I got let go, because I just, you know, wasn't getting the hang of it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Well, it wasn't like I was terrible. I was just... You know, I couldn't remember. It's which a is tough weird, job. Which is weird because I can remember s- song lyrics and sure. stuff. I just can't. This guy needs a fork. The other lady's steak is cooked r- too right. rare. Like 50 things going on. And I'm like, ah. Like I just. I, I couldn't do it either. I tried. Like I was always like nice and like charismatic and like. Yeah. Everybody liked me, but I just couldn't. I couldn't get the hang of it. Yeah. So but anyway, he let me go. And it was actually the nicest way to get fired. He was like. I know you're trying to like play music and play all these gigs. And he's like, honestly, like, I believe in you. And I think you should just. This is not the place This is for not you. the place for you. Like, yeah. I think you should just play music full time because I think you can do it. Like, wow. I don't know why you're not doing that. Yeah. So, and then I just kind of, I knew a couple people that played down there. And I was like, hey, I'm just looking to pick up more gigs. And it just happened. Now I play. So what was the full-time. first gig you got playing music in Nashville? Do you remember? Um, I think it was this place called Joe's Place in Green Hills. Okay. I used to play there like every Thursday or something. Um, and that was like a three-hour yeah. gig kind of thing. So the um, thing that I noticed about Nashville, when you go down to Nashville and you go to Broadway, obviously there's a party every five feet. Yeah. It's just party, 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 party. It is. And every place you go has live music. Yeah. And sometimes on multiple floors. Yes. <laughs> you know, there'll be four every floors floor. on this bar and every floor's got a stage and every floor's got a musician and every floor's got music. And yeah. it's a different person. It, but the thing about Nashville, especially on Broadway, mm-hmm. you guys are like the, it's like the industrial artists because you guys are there for, it's a four hour gig. Yeah. I saw, I saw drummers packing lunches, like yeah. bringing their lunch and reaching back and grabbing a sandwich between songs yeah. because there's no breaks. No. There's no, you don't get to, it's not like here. You don't get to get up and go mingle with the crowd for 45 minutes and then maybe get back up and play for a little right. while. No, it is four solid hours. Yeah. Nonstop music. Mm-hmm. You better have your playlists, you know, you better have it set and ready to go and you better be good at, because they're, you got the tourists who are paying attention, but you got the mm-hmm. people who are not paying attention. Right. They're just getting drunk. Right. <laughs> right. They're sucking on bushwhackers and that's all they're yeah. doing down there. And they're just here to have a great time. Right. Right. And sometimes you, you end up participating. In hey, all you, know, you know, it's Nashville. <laughs> yeah. You're on Broadway. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely a party all yeah. the time, which is, you know, there's pros and cons to everything. I probably sure. drink a little too much sometimes yeah. just because, I mean, you're playing music and like, I probably play like five, five times a week. Yeah. And it's like, you just have to be on for like four hours. And Which it's is like, you're difficult. supposed to bring the party every mm-hmm. time. And it's just like, 
well, what's going to get me there? You know, just have a, a little liquid beers. courage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loosen up a little bit. You yeah. Know? So it's all part of the lifestyle. I think. It is. Yeah. And I so. imagine it can be feast or famine, mm-hmm. depending on the night of the week, the crowd, the, you know, the everything, whether yeah. or not that tip bucket's getting full. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, um, that's the one thing too. It's like, you, you never really know how much. Yeah. You could walk out with a bunch of money or nothing. Yeah. You know, so. If you have, I'm but, sure you've had good nights, and I'm sure you've had bad nights on yeah, Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Tell me yep. about one of the worst nights you ever had on Broadway. Think of a think of a story where you were just like, "Ooh, I don't know." I think it was last year around this time. I think it was like because I think I stayed in town for Thanksgiving um, last year, and it had to be like the Tuesday or Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and we were like, we ended up playing for like nobody. There's a ghost town. Yeah, the place is just empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're which I mean was yeah. fun. We had fun. Like right. there was, uh, I think when we started, there was maybe like five people in there, and then it was just there was really nobody out either because it yeah. was like Thanksgiving time. Right. Everybody so, went home for the holidays. I know. Yeah. So they say they say the slowest time down there is like from now to like December, right? You know, Christmas time. So New Year's Eve is a big thing in Nashville, though. Yes, New Year's Eve is a big party. Yes, and they, of course the other big party in Nashville, CMA Week. Mm-hmm. That's a crazy party, yeah. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that Broadway is legit blocked off. Like it is nothing but stages and music yep. and partying. Yes. Have you ever have you done the gigs during CMA I, week? I think I did this yeah. past year. Yeah. Yeah. And that yes, yeah, I, I did, and it was just crazy nuts. Yeah, nuts. It was nuts. I feel I feel like the most nuts I've seen it down there was like the NFL draft. Oh, that's right. The remember. draft was in town this yeah. past year. I wasn't. I actually wasn't in town. I think I was here. Mm-hmm. I think that was when we did the the Fredericksburg. Oh, the music blast. Uh, the music blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's when that. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw like videos of like all my friends that were there, and I was like, "You're like, oh it my was god, like, this is crazy." Shoulder to shoulder. We call that nuts like, to butts. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's legit. It literally. Yeah, it was so. Oh I was like, I'm kind of glad I wasn't there for that. I bet. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. so, what is on your agenda for 2020? Miss Emma Zink. So um, I don't think I've told you this yet. So I'm working with a producer. Um, his name's Blake Chancy, and he produced um, the Dixie Chicks records. Ooh, right on. Um, I wore Fly Out, by well, the way. What'd you say? And the, the, the CD Fly, yes. the Dixie Chicks, I wore that thing out. Really? I still sit down and listen yeah. to it sometimes. It's such phenomenal music. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So he, he produced all of them. Um, and he did um, some stuff with like Montgomery Gentry and nice. Waylon Jennings. Nice. Um, and his dad's like a huge music guy um, in town too. So he's produced the songs that you, you played okay. and that you've heard. Yeah. Um, and so his partner, his business partner, is a guy named Scott Simon, and he's like Tim McGraw's manager and all that stuff. Right on. So I'm working with like Tim McGraw's whole management team and that wow. thing. And so they're taking on like. Um, younger artists like myself. Um, they have another guy that I'm actually really good friends with, and we play downtown okay. all the time because sometimes when you do full band, it's nice to have another singer so you're not singing for four hours, right. that whole yeah. thing. Or we play together all the time too. Um, so, yeah, I, um, I'm working with them, and I think the next plan is for a release and that whole thing. Are we looking at an EP? I think we're going to do single by single. Okay. I feel like that's the world it's going into now. Yeah. It does seem like that. So, um, but yeah, we're just, I feel like 2020, we're going to figure out a plan as to releasing something. And so we do 
We also do this thing in town. They're called showcases. Sure. So I don't know if you've heard but what they are, but it's basically like if you're an artist, you have a showcase where you do like 45 minute to an hour set. Okay. Most of the time, full band, and you is do that. What whiskey jam would be? Kind of okay. Whis- whiskey jam is like a. I don't even know what I would call that. It's whiskey <laughs> a jam, night of debauchery. Whiskey jam's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's almost like 45 minute to an hour set of your original stuff. And and so who are you showing... playing for at these showcases? Is it like record labels and stuff? So you, most people invite out it, booking agents, publishers, okay. um, record labels, that kind of thing. So basically just getting your, your show together. Right. Who, presenting who you are as an artist and, and your songs and all that stuff. And, you know, getting the word out and having people come out and check you out and um, so I feel like the goal is to, to play like, I don't know, say once a week at different, yeah. different venues, whatever, do like an hour set and then invite people out. And hopefully I would say the goal is to get like, like a major booking yeah. agent and then start going on the road and stuff. Going on the road, so, taking it on the road. Yeah. And then have a, you know, a, a single released and then kind of work off that and then, um, you know, wait a little bit, release the next one. So yeah. it's just interesting how it all works. I'm still learning. It is interesting. And know? obviously I see it from the radio side too. And so I look at you and I think, whoo, she is this most amazing, phenomenal talent. You know, you've got, you literally check all the boxes. You know, you've got charisma. You've got the great songwriting ability. You've got musical talent. You've got vocal talent just through the roof. Thank you. But I look at you and I think you still got a hard road ahead because you're a female. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you know about all of like, how do you feel in Nashville as a female artist trying to bust down those doors? Do you feel like it's harder for you guys than it is for the guys? I I would say, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like at the end of the day, I feel like great music shines through. It does. You know, absolutely. But um, I was actually I've been talking with my producer, Blake, and it's taken some convincing and we haven't like changed anything yet, but he was like, I really think that you should market yourself as like a female fronted band because okay, it's so, he's like, if I called all the record labels right now and said, I have this girl, whatever, they'd be like, not interested. Yeah. Like, which is bullshit. It is straight up bullshit. And, yeah. and I think a lot of times the labels do that because they think it's harder to get females on the radio. Right. Because I always think the end game is radio airplay. The mm-hmm. end game is getting on that chart and getting it to number one. Right. And well, I mean, look at, you know, mm-hmm. Casey Musgrave. She won a Grammy for that last album. Yeah. And I mean, do you hear her on like mainstream? Of course not. Nope. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> that it's is just like I <laughs> would love to tell you about it. I mean, there's there's so many different facets of the the country radio part of it. And I mean, I've been a program director for five years now, mm-hmm. and I'm still learning about the nonsense that goes on behind the scenes. Right. The, the biggest thing in country radio is there's about 1700 country radio stations across the country. About 300 of those determine the charts. Right. They're called reporting stations. Mm-hmm. So. When it comes to those reporters, it's a n- probably 90% corporate radio like conglomerates, the yeah. iHeartRadios, the Cumulus, so those, those guys own most of those reporting stations because mm-hmm. they're the big rating scatters. They're the big uh, major market stations and things like that. So when 10% of the country radio stations in the nation, only 10% determine those charts that everybody's after, right? it clearly 
it's very skewed. Yeah. And so when you've got those 300 stations and they're not playing your records, but guess what? Maybe the other 1400 are. Yeah. It's a very, ter- it's a terribly designed Really? I didn't, see, I didn't even know that. Oh, it's horrible. It's, it's yeah. absolutely horrible. And it drives me insane when I see, when I see artists like you. That's, that's whack. It is yeah. whack. It's completely whack. And what I think is what, ha- what, it, this is just me, in my opinion. What I think needs to happen is that the artists need to regain control mm-hmm. over their radio play. Right. You know what I mean? Stop listening. So the, the, the artist goes to the label. The label says, we're not interested. And the reason they're not interested is because they look at you and they see a female and they know radio, those big radio stations, those 300 radio stations, probably not going to play females. And I could tell you the reason why they're not going to play females, because there is this quote unquote research that was done back in the 90s that told these old school radio programmers that women don't want to hear women on the radio. Right. It's I've, a, I've, I've heard that. You've heard this. 50,000 right? times. Right. Yeah. It's a complete line of horseshit. Right. The, the research was never done. It was this two program directors that decided to cut their playlist in half and drop half their females. Mm-hmm. Their ratings went up. So they decided that's why. Right. It was garbage. It's all garbage. Yeah. You well, know? Um, Blake actually told me he's like, he's like, think of like radio is like making sausage. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know what he meant, like meant by that. <laughs> but like he was like, they just keep pumping it out. Yeah. Like and he was like the what did he say? He was like. The goal is not to make people turn up the radio and not to make people turn off the radio just to make it like stagnant. Just to keep it. Just to keep it on. Just keep it playing. Yeah. So they don't try and put a song that's like great. Because, I mean, like you, sometimes you listen to radio, sometimes it's like. The words cookie cutter come up all the time. Right. When it comes to country radio these days. Cookie cutter radio stations. And they're absolutely right. They're programmed from a national level. Everybody gets the same playlist. Everybody plays the same artists. And that's how it's been done for way too long. Right. So my advice to you is don't focus on radio play. Right. Don't focus on the charts. Focus on filling stadiums Mm -hmm. like Casey Musgraves does. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like this girl can come to town and sell out Bridgestone Arena. Exactly. It doesn't matter that her songs aren't on the radio. Oh, yeah. And that's she still has, you know, that's the great time that you're coming along to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And I, it shouldn't matter. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so, the Internet has made everything so much more reachable. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and the, the whole the whole business has changed. I mean, nobody buys records anymore. It's all no. about like, yeah, how many you know plays are you getting on Spotify? How many followers right. do you have? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like. Part of part of it's like it's like it's kind of cool, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. It's, I'm just yeah. I'm just such like w- when it comes to Instagram, sometimes like ugh, you know some of the social media guys I talk to, they're like you know you're not gonna want to post a selfie, but right, you know uh, the most the pictures that get the most likes or whatever, mm-hmm. the most interaction, the most engagement are when they see two eyes and nose and a mouth, right. Like, when they just see a face statistics. Yep. And you know, we're and just visual people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just hard to almost do that because I, I, my thing is like, as an artist, I always want to show authenticity mm-hmm. and I don't ever want to be like, Oh my God. Like, hey, you know, look the, at me. The if, next... I, if I, if I angle this just right, right. you'll get enough cleavage. Yeah. Right. It, it, you don't I just don't want to be the next blonde country singer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to, I want to be able to connect with people in a way that's more personal and not just trying to see how many followers I can get or right. see how, how many likes I can get. Like, 
That's not really what I'm shooting for. Well, none of that which stuff is, is like, real. And I think is, that it'll yeah. come to an end eventually. Right. I mean, they've already taken, have you seen like they've taken like how many likes you get off? Get Yeah. You can't see like how many yeah. likes other people because get. Because it hurts other people's feelings. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and people just need a reality check, like a daily reality check. Like right. the stuff you see, when you're looking at other people's social media, you're seeing their highlight reel. That's not their real life. Mm-hmm. It's not real life, you know. So it's I get real tired of the social media game sometimes right. because in in what I do too, it's like how much of that do you really buy into? Mm-hmm. And it's you can play the game, you can definitely play the system, and I think that uh, people who do it really well and have success at it, guys like Radio Romance, yeah, are excellent at their social media, yeah. But they're doing it as a band, yeah. You don't see a whole lot of pictures of the fellas, you know. You see it when it means something, when they want, and when they have something to say, you'll see them throw up a video, right? But it's about the music, yeah. You know, and if you follow that sort of example, right? Yeah, they're. I mean, yeah. they're definitely doing it right. Yeah, I yeah. feel. I feel like it's a mixture of showing you know your music obviously but also showing who you are as a person yeah. like they mm-hmm. always say like you know take stories of you doing something dumb or like what you're doing during your day and it's right. like I don't know sometimes it's like yeah that's cool it can be fun and then it's like I don't want to have it's almost like it's almost depend that's like what I really need to focus on like mm-hmm. if I want to be like I I don't think I could do what I want to do if I didn't have an Instagram, you know right. what I mean? Or it's like, no, it's true. Because uh, a lot of times, got to get the blue check by your name. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got to get verified. And, right. And and a lot of times, and it's unfortunate, but a lot of times when we learn about a new artist, the first thing we do is we we go to their social media, we check them out. I want right. to see a video. I want to hear no, what they exactly. sound like. So the first place you go is Facebook. You can't find them on Facebook. You head to Instagram. You head to Twitter. Whatever. You you go looking for those things, mm-hmm. and you want to see somebody who is interacting with their crowd. And it's it used to be you could go out and watch somebody in a bar play and get that same impression. Yeah. But now nine times out of ten, if if people like if labels are sending us stuff, it's people that are not in town. They're they're not local, so you can't really reach out and touch them. You have to go find them. Right. And social media definitely Helps allows that. for that. Right. But it is it is a stupid thing to navigate. It's right. such a stupid thing to have to deal with. Yeah, I I feel like I have a love hate relationship with it because it's same. like <laughs> it it does help. Like mm-hmm. I would say, you know, your social media is a representation of you and right. But it, it's also silly. I mean, even like today like if you meet somebody at a bar you're like connected it's not what's your number it's what's your instagram right you know yeah are you on facebook yeah send me a friend request yeah yeah and i i get i run into it a lot too in just doing what we do people are they come up to you and they think you know them Mm -hmm. and that you should know them you should know who they are and it's like i have like 3,500 Facebook. I have no idea who you are. Right. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, but I have no idea. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's really hard to navigate that because they're like, oh, yeah, no, we're friends on Facebook. We've been friends for like five years. I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen Have you ever seen that episode of, uh, do you watch Black Mirror? No. What is Black Mirror? So Black Mirror is like almost like Twilight Zone okay. type where like something freaky happens and it's not necessarily like a, it's always like an open-ended, like mm. uncomfortable, weird ending. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So there's this one episode, I think it was called Nosedive was the name of the episode. And it was basically, um, so it was, this girl was the main character and it was like our phones, but everybody above their head had like a rating oh. of like one to five stars. Right. And like everybody was in control of your, how you were rated as a person. Can so you, you judge, so you could just like 
swipe on their phone, either upright them or downright them. Oh my gosh. Based on your experience with that person. <laughs> and so everybody's walking around rating with each like, other. Like say I'm looking at you, like say your rating's like four point five, like, oh she, she's probably a good person. Right. But if they're like a two point three, like it's like, oh You probably don't even want to talk to them. Yeah. Right. And it was like dictated the whole life. If you didn't have like a four point five, you couldn't you know, get these nice apartments or you can't fly, wow. you can't fly if you don't have like enough stars. Imagine it was a nuts. life like that. That is kind of nuts. It was nuts. It blew my mind because like, it's almost like getting to that point. Like I was going to say, we kind of do kind that of, to each other though. Yeah. You know, the people who have the most, you know, they're the most attractive or right. the most talented or the most whatever, they have the most money. Right. Are that upper echelon. Whereas that somebody else, you, you, so we kind of do that subconsciously to people, yeah. don't we? Yeah. It was just really interesting to see it like in your face like that. And yeah. Like, That's almost kind of happening with social media and stuff and how we view people off, off our phones, yeah. you know, and we tap a like button or, you know. And so you, you're much younger than I am. I grew up in a, in a, in an environment that before social media, before everybody had a phone in their hand, before there was a screen on every inch of life. Right. You know, so for me, I have the love-hate relationship, same thing, because mm-hmm. I like to live in the now. There's nothing, I think, worse than it. And, and I'm guilty of doing it, too. In fact, I just did it to you the other night, watching you play live, and there I am throwing you up on my Instagram right, right, because right. I want everybody to see right. you play live. But at the same time, I did it once. Mm-hmm. There are people that will pay thousands of dollars to get a front row ticket to a concert in a stadium and then watch the whole thing through their phone. hmm and they will also simultaneously post it to their social media. So I don't even have to buy a ticket to that show. I can right. just dial up their social media and watch it and from watch the front it. row. Right. We don't live in those moments anymore. Yeah. You know, and just experience, especially when it comes to things like music and things like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. For the audience to be present in that moment is something so incredible. Like I, I remember when we came down to Nashville in February and I, we were telling this story to friends the other night that we crashed some like weird roofing convention i don't know what the hell it was it was a private party we got in to see you and they could have cared less who was on the stage until you started playing and then the audience immediately became part of your show and you didn't even have to get up off the stool that's my favorite part (laughs) about i'm like it was you and a chair and your guitar thank you you didn't have to get up you didn't have to do any wild antics you didn't even have to talk directly to them you just started playing and you commanded their attention. Thank you. Which I think is a super Thank special you. gift. Thank you. I, yeah. I mean, that's what I've always tried to, I guess, do. You know what I mean? Like, how am I trying to say this? There's a lot of bars that, you know, if you play full band, like, they want you to jump around. And right. Put on that show. Do that. You know, mm-hmm. which is great. Which I, I feel like I, I put on a show just in a different way. Yeah. Um, but the, the best compliment I actually received was actually a couple weeks ago. And I was playing at Luke Bryan's. I think mm-hmm. it was like upstairs or whatever. And um, one of the girls that works there, she's like, I love you. Like, here, I just always love when you play. Like, she goes, there's people that try really hard and then there's you. Yeah, And it's I was true. like, that's, that's a really great compliment. That is a great compliment. And, that, and that's why, why I go back to like just saying like the authenticity of yeah. it. Like, I'm not trying to pretend like I'm some, yeah, you know, Something that I'm not. Right. I'm going to sit on a stool and I'm going to talk to the crowd and I'm going to grab a beer and I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, sing the, sing my songs and like, that's what I'm going to do and do and do the best at at performing, right. not necessarily in like 
delivering the music rather than all the other showy stuff. Sometimes I think people put on those shows and they have to sort of be over um, enthusiastic and they do all that to cover up the fact that they maybe don't have as much in the way of vocal or musical talent than someone else does. You know what I mean? So to to strip them down and make them raw and give them, tell them, you have to sit on this stool and play your guitar and sing and that's it. Right. They maybe can't handle all that. That's a lot of pressure. You know, where for someone like you, where it comes naturally and you have the ability to connect through those stories and those songs where you don't need all that. You don't need all the flashing lights. You don't need to wear something provocative. You don't need to get up and kick your legs up and jump all over the place. You can sit there and command a room and just, you know, and just be. And that, I think, sets you apart from the others. And I think that that will, as your journey goes set you apart from the others. Thank you. Uh, So just please don't ever lose that. I'll I'll try not to. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's a fine line of like, I mean, yeah, you got to like enter. Sometimes you got to like put on a smile. There's sometimes where I don't want to like get up and play, like, but you got to put on the smile and like do what you love to do. And then once you start playing, it's like, oh, I love to do this anyway. So yeah, it's See, I feel that. I feel that on a personal level because there are times where I don't feel like getting behind a microphone. I don't yeah. feel like it. I'm having a bad day. Yeah. Or, you know, I shut the microphone off and I'm crying over something. I'm PMSing. You know, right. whatever yeah. the case may be, I just don't feel like it. But as soon as that microphone comes on, you remember why you started doing it in the first place. Yeah. And you love it. And, and you're, you're and you're great at your job. And thank you. You're awesome. I just I don't know how I don't even know how you like. <laughs> I mean, even right now, like you just keep the conversation going. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, like, which we're having a conversation, right. but like, you know, when you're talking on the radio, like you're so smooth with going like one thing to the next. Like, I'm like, how does yeah. your brain process all, well, all that information? Well, funny about that. You, that's funny that you say that because nine times out of 10, and, and this is probably a bad habit for if, if it was just you and I hanging out, talking to each other, um, it wouldn't be like that. But when I'm right. doing something and I'm trying to create content in my mind, my mind is already like three questions ahead of us. Really? We are in this conversation. I'm already thinking about the next thing I want to ask you. Yes. Yeah, so, I can't do that. Well, and then and <laughs> sometimes that's a disadvantage, though, because then it's like, wait, did I just hear her right? Did I did I process what you're saying before I move on to the before. second thing, which is why I jump around a lot. Right. <laughs> you know, I got you. something like this, which is totally unscripted. Yeah. Um, it, it can go in every direction. Right. And back again. Exactly. Eh, it's kind of, cool. it, it's, it's a podcast, right? It's, it's on the internet. It's like, yeah, yeah. what the hell? Let's just yeah. talk about everything. Yeah. Anything and everything. So, all right. Now here I am at the point where I want to ask you another question. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever been playing at one of these bars on Broadway and, and the say like Blake Shelton's bar, Florida Georgia Alliance bar, Luke Bryan's bar, and the owner of that bar, their namesake has come in. Have you had one of those moments yet? Cause I see it all the time on the like, internet. <laughs> Like you're playing it, like you're playing it all red, and Blake Shelton walks in. Um, so I had an experience. I guess it was a few months ago, maybe like six months ago, and it wasn't one of the owners, but um, I was playing at FGL House, and yeah. it was just like a chill Tuesday, um, Tuesday night. We were just playing um, like acoustic or whatever. I think it was me, my friend Mick, and Sam Sherman. Yes, and we were playing, and. This girl like got up and walked to the bathroom, and I was like, "Cause it's kind of dark in there." It was kind of dark, and I was like, "I think that's Cassidy Pope." Yeah, I'm not sure. And I was like, "I'm pretty positive that's her." And then she like when she was walking to the bathroom, she like looked at me and smiled, and I was like, "Yeah, that's definitely her." Yeah. Um, so I was like, I had a couple of drinks, and I was like, "Should I go talk to her and see if she wants to like get up and play?" 
Right. And Sam was like, yeah, go do it. So, like, Mick was singing a song, and I just kind of walked over to her table, and I was like, hey, like, you know, not trying Big to. fan. Not yeah. Trying to, yeah <laughs> right. I, was, I was totally fangirling because, yeah. like, I loved her stuff, and um, she was in, like, that, that punk band, um, Hey Monday, yeah. like, years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was like, I just walked up to her, and I was like, hey, do you want to, like, um, get up and sing? You don't have to. Like, yeah. I'm just a huge fan, like. But if I you love want you. to. Yeah, but if yeah. you want to, she's yeah. like, oh, my God, yeah, like, oh, you sound cool. great. Like, you're so great. Like, I'd love to. And I was like, um, what song do you want to do? She goes, well, she asked me, she's like, what song do you want to play? And I'm like, what song do you want to play? Yeah, right. And um, she's like, you know, we can do, like, Wasting All These Tears. Yeah, that's great, too. And so I just I looked it up and figured it out. And we were up there, and we, we played it together, um, which was so cool. I was, like, s- smiling, like, oh, ear to yeah. ear the entire yeah. time. And so that happened. So she gets off stage and she goes, do you know the song I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys? And I was like, yeah. I was was like, are you going to sing it? And she goes, no, he is. And it's freaking AJ McClain. (laughs) And I was like, what is happening right now? How is this my life? Yeah. Yeah. I was nuts. I remember you posting that. Yeah. And I, I remember just being like, that is a moment. Right there. Like, that's something so cool that could only happen. Yeah. In Nashville. In Nashville. On Broadway. And it, I, I think they um, they both said they were recording a duet. They just yeah. got done recording a duet. So they were just hanging out, like, having dinner. Yeah. And I think that was the same yeah. week that I actually got a single from A.J. McLean's People. Okay. And I remember being like, oh, A.J. McLean's trying to be a country singer now, too. Right, like, right. everybody's <laughs> everybody's trying to be a country singer. But I it know. was actually really good. Yeah. And I remember being like, hmm, I'm going to have to keep an eye on this. Because, yeah. you know, you get the you get the Steven Tyler single and you're like, eh, not so much. No. You know, you get, the, there's, there, they happen all the time. Right. Like, every once in a while. I mean, I think uh, Broadway star Kristen Chenoweth is making a country album now. Oh, so really? I, I can't wait to hear what it sounds like. Because I yeah. know her from Broadway. I'm like, hey. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. And I'm always curious yeah. about what makes someone like a Backstreet Boy right. decide, I'm going to cut a country record. Right. Has it always been there somewhere under the surface that he I, wanted to do it? Yeah. Or is this something that somebody just was like, you know what? Remember that whole Florida Georgia Line collabo you did? Right. You should try this. Yeah. You know, like, how does that happen? And then how do they end up at the FGL house the night that you're playing. I mean, right. it's all very... It was nuts. Yeah. That was crazy. It's all very cosmic Yeah, and cool. Yeah. <laughs> that is really that cool. That was definitely probably the coolest experience on, on Broadway, seeing somebody and having them come up and sing. Yeah. Like, I was like, what is happening right now? It was really cool. It's an amazing moment, which I believe is on your YouTube channel, if yes. I'm not mistaken. Yes. It is. So there you go. Folks, if you yeah. want to check out the night A.J. McLean... Yeah. <laughs> Got Locked up on up. stage with Emma Zink and Cassidy Pope. Yeah. It's on her YouTube channel. Just That's follow crazy. her. That's it. That is a great story. That is yeah. a fun story. So, and you've been doing some recording the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, uh, we've got five new singles from you, which I'm super excited yes, about. Yes, which thank you. I um, remember when I sent sent them to you, I was yeah. like, do you want to hear some new music? And you're like, well, duh. I was like, is that even a question? Yeah. <laughs> and I was I like, do. always. I was like, just send you all of them. I figured you feature like one or two and you're like, nope, I'm playing all of them. We're going to play them all. <laughs> so. And you know, it's funny too, because I, I had you on the morning show. We played two of them. And then I did the the weekend show that we do Thunder on the Rise. And I played the other three and it took all of my self-control not to play all five. Thank you. But I was like, I only have room for three. Dang it. Well, you know, like you. I was ready to delete people thank off you. my, <laughs> I was like, who can I get thank rid you. of here so that I can play more Emma Zink? Because, yeah, all five songs. And what I love about you, and I was telling my husband this in the car, because we, of course, had to crank them up in the Jeep to see Mm -hmm. what they sounded like before we played them. Yeah. We, um, 
we were sitting there and we were, you know, playing. And I love the song Dreamers. I had heard that before. And Thank you. I absolutely love that song. I think that one definitely makes you shine. Thank you. Like that's all your songwriting ability and everything coming to fruition, your maturity level, everything about that song. It's a great song. That's a hit song. Thank you. Thank and you. then, of course, uh, Somebody to Love Me. I have loved that song for years. Thank you. You've been playing that song live mm-hmm. for quite a while. Yep. And I bet you it gets a great response. Am I right? Yeah. Because that's I mean, just, it's a pretty song. It's a beautiful story. And everybody feels that way. Yeah. Everybody wants somebody to love them. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like um, all my friends are like, that's probably the one that's going to like mm-hmm. definitely resonate with most people. Because oh, I yeah. mean, you know, on Twitter, like most people are like, oh my God, and this is totally how I'm feeling right now. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Because everybody's just, been there. Everybody just, right. you know, you're sitting there, you're feeling down on life and you're just like, I just want somebody to love me. Yeah. You know, and it's such a visceral reaction to a song like that, that you just, you feel it. Right. I feel like. Yeah. And today's day and age everybody especially dating everybody acts like everybody's so disposable it's and, this hookup culture right thing. and it's yeah. like oh swipe right and we have Ugh. a match like yeah and people yeah. don't want to put forth the effort and then people play games i yeah. mean you know how it is like oh, we yeah. play games people ghost people and it's like we're just we're not dating we're just hanging out yeah we're just talking we're just talking like yeah. stop it and it's like every i feel like everybody's aff- so afraid of getting hurt but it's like at the end of the day, like, I feel like that's what everybody wants. It's true. People just don't want to admit it People anymore. don't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you want at the end? of? Do you want just, like, hookups all your life? Or do you want somebody that is going to love you for the rest of your life? Yeah. And, like, like, treat, like, we're supposed to be, like, with people. Right. We're supposed to have a companion. Like, mm-hmm. And if you're honest with yourself. Right. And that's that's it. And that's the bottom line of that song. And right. It's, it's it's a beautiful song, too. Thank you. It's beautifully written. It's just it's, so now do you obviously you write the lyrics, but you also go through the process of writing the music. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. So when did you figure out that you could do that? Like that's a that's an art in itself. Um, I feel like I've always been a little bit more musical. OK. Than I am lyrically, which I, I say that, but I surprise myself lyrically. I, yeah. I always say like, oh, yeah, I'm more of like. You know, it's easier for me to come up with a melody, mm-hmm. but um, it kind of just, I don't know, it just comes to your head. Yeah. Sometimes it's weird. Like I'll literally hear, I'll hear like the production and stuff. Oh, that's wild. Which is weird, mm-hmm. which is, uh, that's another thing I'm starting to get into is like, you know, recording at home and like coming yeah. up with like how to make a song come alive, you know, right. producing and that whole thing. Um because I hear all that stuff. It's yeah. weird. Like sometimes a song will come to me and I'll know this is how the verse melody is going to go. And then this is how the chorus is going to sound. Like it's weird. Sometimes. That's why I see. Then that's something that I don't even comprehend. Really? So I hear you say that. And I'm like, that's cool. Because I have no idea what that what that must be <laughs> right. like for you. But you probably you see music in layers. Right. Right. Like you can hear all of that in your head before right. it's even put on you know, and I see that from a vocal standpoint, like I know how to mix down, uh, you know, sound effects and, and, and voiceovers and music beds and things like that. But the the layers of a song, the guitar, right, the piano, the if there's a banjo, if there's a, you know, what I mean, like all right. the different instruments, it's all like a layer. It's like it's like a sandwich almost that you're making, it is, yeah. you know, and yeah. the meat of that is obviously the vocal. And everything right. else is, you know, your mayonnaise and your tomatoes and your, right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's up to you how much you want to put on that right. musical sandwich. Yeah. And uh, yeah, somebody who loved me is a, it's a tasty sandwich. <laughs> is that a weird thing Thank to say? 
<laughs> no, that's an awesome thing to say. <laughs> it's a tasty sandwich. Yeah, thank you. And we were listening to these songs, and I said to my husband, I said, what I love about Emma, I mean, it's, I say I start a lot of sentences with what I love about Emma. <laughs> what I love about Emma is she's almost genreless. You know what I mean? Right. You could be a amazing crossover artist. Thank, you really thank could. You. That's actually a, a goal of mine. Yeah. Is, is to kind of do what Marin did. Mm. I say if mm-hmm. you if, if you were to ask me like who's who do you like admire the most right now, I'd probably yeah. say Marin Morris just because she's like she's country. Obviously, kind of. yeah, but she's but like you know what she the, has, when she wants to sound country, she sounds country, right? Yeah, but when she wants to like sing, baby, why mm-hmm. do you just meet me in the middle? Like, yeah, yeah, she like totally. I I just feel like it's just smart, yeah, like to what to go. I mean, if you can go into country, which is some people get all like, oh, you're not country anymore, like, right? Which it's like, I don't know why. Like, if yeah. you can do one thing and then cross over. Shania did thing. it. It's, people yeah. don't remember how many crossover artists there have been. Kenny Rogers was a crossover artist. Dolly Parton was a crossover right. artist. You know, back in the day, that I think that's the mark of a true artist. When right. you don't have a genre, when you can go in and do. and do something like that. When you can sing songs with the high women like Marin is doing right now. Right, exactly. And then also put out a song like The Bones, which I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it's a fantastic country song. But yeah. it's also a great pop song. Exactly. You know, it's it's She's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, just like you. The same yeah. same thing. So she's like teeny tiny. She's like a mini everything. Yeah, she's, like, <laughs> she's the cutest little thing yeah. ever. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think Marin Morris is exactly the target that that I would say, hey, go for it. Go after right. exactly what she's doing because she's smart about it too. I think she's very smart. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in like that song, The Middle with mm-hmm. Zed was like a huge, huge hit, like mm-hmm. all over the place. And I'm like, how, how smart, you know, mm-hmm. if you can do both. Yeah. Why not? Why Same not? thing with like Taylor Swift. I mean, now she's like pretty much straight pop superstar, but still though. But uh, there was a song on her latest album that they pushed out to country radio, yeah, because it was an acoustic song, and it's still Taylor. Yeah, you know what I mean. We still play Taylor Swift songs right. on country radio all the time. We exactly. just don't play the new ones, right? You know. But I, I can't even, I can't even get to noon on a day when her album comes out before I've downloaded it. Yeah, and listened to probably the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I've been She's a great. Oh, I've been a Swifty since I don't even remember when. Yeah, yeah since teardrops on my guitar. You, yeah, you know because she is again fearless. Mm-hmm. She had a whole album named Fearless. You know yeah, what I mean? She did. So, yeah. so that's that's the thing. Like when when the talent is there, plus the authenticity, the level of authenticity is there, and all of those pieces come together. And the Lord shines down on you and gives you that right. huge gift of all of it at once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just run with it. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's your And that's calling. definitely like a, something I personally struggle with is because I am so like real. Mm-hmm. I don't give myself, I feel like I don't give myself enough credit. I feel like I don't. I can see that. Um I feel like I don't like hold myself to the standard that I should. Mm-hmm. Not that I like don't have high standards, or whatever. I'm. What am I? How am I trying to say this? Like I'm not cocky. Like I'm not in your. No, face. you're not. Like, you're I'm confident not, like, in your abilities, right? But you're definitely not arrogant. You've not right. ever. I have never seen you be arrogant I or cocky. Not, I try yeah. not to be, which because who likes that? Nobody likes that. But at right. the same time, 
it's it is a cutthroat business and sometimes you do kind of have to be in people's face a little bit yeah which is something that i have to work on in a respectful way i mm-hmm. guess which is like i don't, I don't know i'm trying to say this like just you know reminding people that you're there like right. follow, you know following up because not everybody there's you know 50 other million singers in the in this yeah. town and like you have to assert yourself assert yourself mm-hmm. yeah i would say i i need to be it's a little more assertive yeah. when it comes to like the whole business side because it's like you can be i could sit in my room and play guitar and sing and i could be the best singer and guitar player in the world but if you don't Make the connections and yeah. all that stuff, which is, you know, I feel like I've, I've made great connections. But, you know, that's just like a quarter of what it takes to yeah. to become successful with it. It Absolutely. takes the right connections, talking to people, reminding people about, you know, your songs yeah. and writing with this person and meeting with this person. And right. It's just a lot of And as of weird stuff. as it sounds, like you almost have to sell the product that is you. It is, yes, you it know? is. You have to. The business side of music it's the ugly side. It's the part no, but no musician, especially no no musician mm-hmm. I've ever met anyway wants to deal with that side. They just want to play and sing, right? And the difference between somebody who makes it happen and somebody who expects it to happen, right, can be everything. Yeah, you have to go out and you, you have, have to, to make it, it happen. You got to do the the photo shoots yep. and get content and yep, talk to this guy, talk to that guy, mm-hmm. follow you know. So which is which? I mean, it takes what it takes, and it's just like. You know, everybody says, like, look at it as a business. Mm-hmm. And it really is. Like yeah. you just said, like, you're marketing yourself. Yeah. You you're are trying, the product the you product. are trying to sell. Right. So you have to know your product, obviously, mm-hmm. and you have to shine the best light on it. And right. that's when people notice. And and it, I'm sure that it can happen where people just organically, like, who blow up into this massive supernova. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with people like Justin Bieber and, right. you know, stuff like that. But But at the same time, you also see people out there who, like Ashley McBride, works her ass off yes you know mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter how many times she's told no yes. she's gonna still keep going and she's gonna make you yeah notice her yeah and you have to have that level of tenacity yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah you, know, you someday you're gonna be cma new artist of the year hey you never know you know i know you never know <laughs> <laughs> oh i know i know it's totally gonna happen Man. i i you know no pressure no <laughs> But anytime, no yeah. anytime, anything, I am 100% um, on Team Emma. Thank you. So totally. Thank if you. If you ever need a fan club president. I'm on Team Crystal Blue. See? So there you go. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that a lot of times, too, and in this day and age especially, women need to lift other women up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it is a tough business. Right. And you can go all catty on each other. Right. Or you can surround yourself with strong, passionate females just like you. Yeah. And go out there and knock those doors down together. Yeah. And I see you doing that. Thank and you. I love that. Thank you. I love everything about you. Thank you. Emma Zink. Me too. You're the best. You're the best. And we didn't even pick up the guitar. We didn't. We didn't. Do you want to? If if you want me to, I'm, you know I'm what? here. Would you just play just a tiny bit of whatever song is running through your head right now? Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll play the one um the one I wrote with Anthony Smith, the okay. guy that wrote Tomorrow yeah. um, for Chris Young. We wrote a really cool one. So Very cool. Very cool. Emma Zink about to uh, debut a song this right one, here. I don't think you've heard this one yet. I don't think I have either. Because um, we haven't recorded it yet. All right. But we're planning on it. Okay. So Something from the future. I love something, that. Something from the future. Something from the future <laughs> yes. right here. You're fine. You can pull it down and just make whatever you, noises you need to make. Okay. Go ahead. 
Yeah. Um, it's called Different Kind of Party. Party's been real, it's been real fun, but I'm getting a little tired of talking. A little buzzed ain't drunk, but it's just enough to tell you what I'm really wanting. Ain't talking about passing out, slowing down. Last thing I wanna do is sleep. So if you're ready to go, baby, let me know so I can take you on home with me tonight. Kisses my whiskey all night Your eyes are my downtown lights Your hands are like a crowded room All over me I get lost in you Your voice is my favorite song And I don't see nothing wrong With getting drunk on your body I'm talking different kind of party <laughs> I love it. Hell yeah. It's a little snippet. Little That's first, great. First chorus. Look at that Thank sneak you. peek yes. at new music from Emma Zink. Oh, I can't yes, wait. I love that. That's great. Thank you. I love watching you work. Thank you. Thank you. I love you. watching you play. <laughs> I love everything about you. I am your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. You're the best. So. Oh, my God. All right. I are hate we, to even say this, but we're at like an hour and 10 minutes. Are we really? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Time flies when you're Dang. having fun. I know. All right, folks, I, all I have to say is you need to follow Emma Zink on all of her social media, even though she's got a love-hate relationship with it. Just roll with it. <laughs> Just roll with <laughs> Just it. Just roll with it. Emma Zink, everywhere you can find music yes. very, very soon. That's Emma Z-I-N-C-K. There you go. Yes. That's right. Like remember, the remember the name. It's good for your skin. That's right. It's good for yeah. everything. It's yeah. good for your soul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emma, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Words and music.